You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and uh, my guest today got the memo to wear black. So we're just all in black with white backgrounds today. If you're not watching and you're only listening, uh, we definitely got the memo today, Ron. Uh, today, I'd like to introduce you to Ron Weinberg. He's a mortgage and real estate uh, leader, renowned for his top producing or top performing uh, training and coaching. He's best known for his unique ability to deliver highly effective and easy to implement marketing, sales, and leadership strategies to his audiences and private clients resulting in growth in record time. And with that, I'm just going to stop there because your resume or your uh, bio will be on our notes and everyone can read all the other details. But what I'll say about Ron is that he and I have shared the stage um, on a couple of occasions, not a whole bunch of occasions, um, but we do occasionally cross paths, both speaking in the mortgage um, industry, you know, when, I, when I'm doing that. And I don't do that as frequently as I used to. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i just more out there everywhere, right? But, uh, you know, what I love about, about you, Ron, and what I really want to focus on today is relationships. Um, you've got a couple of unique ways about creating relationships. And while we talk about business relationships all the time, you know, um, I think it falls on deaf ears. It's just like the Simon Sinek, know your why. Whenever we talk about what's your why, people start freaking out because they don't understand how to figure it out. What are your core values? I don't know. I don't want to figure it out, right? And I think the same thing happens with relationships where we just want relationships, um, but not willing to do the heavy lifting to really dig in and have those long-term, deep, rich relationships. Um, and so I really want to talk about that today, but I first want to say welcome. Welcome to the show. Well, Jen, thanks so much for having me. And yes, we, we've known each other for a very long time and, you know, on and off we cross paths. So yeah. it's a pleasure to really be on here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And, you know, thank you for having me on your show as well. So we're doing a pod swap and. Um, so we'll make sure that we have the link to uh, my interview on your show in my show notes so that everyone can listen to both of us, um, you know, but I thank you for doing a podcast as well for spreading the word out there and helping, you know, people in the mortgage and real estate industry um, as I'm doing. And I, and I know that you've got, you know, over 30 years, where are you at 40 yet? I just passed 40. Almost. Almost 40. 30. 79. Something like 30, that. Yeah. 39 in January. Yeah, there we go. So just a year ahead of you. That's all just one year ahead of you. But, uh, you know, so you've been around a while. So, uh, you know, we are going to have our emphasis on relationships. But first, let's talk about um, what's going on in the market today. You know, here we are as we're recording this. And this may or may not be released after the first of the year before the first, you know, be, before the end of this year, 2023. 
Let's talk about the sentiment that's out there in the marketplace and, and what you're seeing from your perspective. And I realize that different markets, different people have different perspectives. What's your perspective? Um, well, my my personal perspective is I believe that 2024 will be better than 2023. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're seeing things moving in the right direction. I truly believe in my heart that the um, the worst is over and that for those that are still standing, um, there's, al well, there's always tremendous opportunity, but it's going to be, I don't think an easy year 2024, but it should be easier than 2023. Yeah. So that's what my gut is telling me. You know, we'll see if I'm right. I always clarify, uh, unless there's an unexpected event that we can't predict, then hopefully we're going to be on this right path. I kind of laugh at all the insanity about the predictions of how many rate cuts the Fed's going to make in 2024 when yeah. <laughs> everybody's predicting they're going to make more than they said they're going to make. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. And, so you know, I just think it's going to be an interesting fun year. Yeah. And, you know, if it's going to be a better year, it can be better by one loan and you'll make more than you made last year. Right? So true. I mean, if we're real about this, right. And we're being real about it. We're saying, Hey, you know, this is, this is what's happening right now. So, yeah. And I think this yep. is the time, you know, that the, the, the true cream will rise to the top, you know um, I mean, it's already rising. There's different levels of it. Many people have left the industry, young, old right. veteran, non-veteran, they've all left the industry for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, mostly financial, we get that some of them just burn out. Um, but those that are staying in and still, you know, riding, riding this tide, and it's, it's a difficult one to ride. I certainly understand that. Um, I agree with you. I think that we're past the worst part of it. Um, but I do think it's going to be a difficult year. I do think it's still going to be a difficult time and we have to dig in. And this is where, when the market is like this, where we need to really hone in on behind the scenes, right behind the scenes and what we're, we're, um, putting together our systems, our, our SOPs, our, all those things, right? So um, I wanted to ask you one other question, very specifically. Sure. What do you think about what's happened with the amount of um, uh, debt, right? We have the highest, the high, car loans are at the highest monthly payment, right? Over $1,000 a month, the average car loan. Real or not real estate, but um, credit card debt is at the highest it's ever been ever in the history of the United States, trillions of dollars. We now see an influx of home equity lines of credit where people are saying, well, I'm not willing to give up my two and a half, three, three and a half percent rate, but I am willing to tap into my equity because I've already maxed out my credit cards right? and I'm drowning in that. And so we see a lot of people getting home equity lines to pay off the credit cards. How is that going to impact um mortgages, finances, real estate in 2024? Um, wow. That's a very, <laughs> that's a very big specific question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, and I'll be honest, I, you know, did I really even give a whole lot of thought to that up until three seconds ago? The answer oh, okay. is no. Okay. So, th so th thank you for, uh, you know, challenging me with that. Hey, my pleasure, Ron. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's what we're here for. My my thinking, because it is really a very valid question. I mean, yeah, we know that people always push push the limits of everything that always happens. So you know, yeah. debt, 
cars and all those things. I always come from the place that somehow things always, and this is going to sound really kind of superficial, things always just seem to work out or get figured out, not for everybody, mm -hmm. but we always adapt the same way we adapt to higher interest rates. Um, do I have a concern about having the max, you know, the, the highest credit card debt in history? I do because it's the highest credit card debt in history and it's at the highest interest rates on credit cards that we've seen in 20. almost forever. I won't yeah, say forever, yeah. but a long time. Yeah. And that is going to create financial strain, which I think is going to lead to recessionary pressure. I think that we're going to have, you know, some type of recession. Again, the word recession doesn't freak me out because what I've done, I've, 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 I've asked people, I go, when you hear the word recession, what do they think of? They go, 2008. Yes, I, I know. 2008 is an anomaly. It is yeah. not what a recession, it was a recession. It was called the Great Recession. Right. But that's not your typical recession. We have them all the time. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that you're going to see an increase in bankruptcies mm -hmm. of people, that they're going to you know, bankrupt, bankrupt themselves out of, the, out of debt. Um, you're going to see, we're already starting to see car repossessions increase um, and, and uh, car uh, automotive uh, uh, loans default. We've, we're already seeing all of that's all of that starting to rise. The only thing that really hasn't changed much is mortgages at this point in which defaults are steer, still very, very low or at, at or near record lows. Yeah. The, the big question that's going to come, Jen, is... What happens with values? And if values continue to grow, then that's going to be the parachute for some of the credit card debt. And that's going to be the parachute to refinance out of the home equity lines, which will come down in rates if the Fed lowers rates. Mm -hmm. But the question is, will people be able to tap into equity? Because a lot of people are already starting to um, ma max out on the LTVs. Yeah. Yeah, where they're not going to be able to cash out. Yeah. I think values is going to be a big variable. Yeah. And I think, you know, the other thing is um, that I failed to mention, I want to mention now, is that applications for 401k distributions are now up, you know, to the highest point that they've ever been. So that. people are using their 401k to uh, their, their future retirement, right? Their annuity income to to uh, pay off that debt. And, uh, you know, and there's going to be penalties, come April <laughs> for those. And I just wonder how they're going to pay for them, right? <laughs> Charge them back on their credit card, use the 401k to, you know, the cash that they're sitting on maybe to pay that penalty right back into that 401k and, you know, taxes and penalties. And I'm a little concerned about what that's going to happen too. So yeah, I just want to get your perspective. I think it's, you know, this first quarter is going to be probably the most interesting thing that we see is, Will rates change? Now we're in the year of elections. You know, are we heading towards a recession? Which I love recessions because rates always drop. So that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of interesting what will happen, you know, and how we're going to adjust to that. And I think, you know, just keep tuned into it because for those that are listening, right, keep tuned into what's happening because I think it's going to adjust very, very quickly and we're going to have to adapt pretty quickly as well. Um, so let's talk about you know, industry behaviors, because this is something that's right up your alley. You know, 
uh, to create competitive advantages. And I know that goes hand in hand with, you know, the two keys that you have to getting referral partners to want to work with you. You know, so many loan officers and realtors that are listening to this as well. And you and I both coach both. And, um, you know, their their behavior is it's so antiquated. It's so far way back. Remember, like almost to, I'm going to give Century 21 a hard time, but almost to the gold jackets of Century 21, right? Way, way, <laughs> way back where it was that traditional sales and that, you know, those, those types of relationships and everybody has passed that down from generation, you know, business generation to business generation in the way that you create relationships is now just, just do a bunch of social media or make a bunch of phone calls, call 40 people every single Monday and bug, bug the heck out of them and do nothing to differentiate yourself and say that you can increase their business by 25%, not knowing if they want to. Um, right. right. And so I'm, I'm just so against that kind of method. I'm all about the relationships, but let's talk about these behavioral patterns and some, maybe some key things that people can be thinking about as we go into the new year to say, you know what, I'm not going to be the 10-1 loan officer. I'm not going to be the one who's in the business 10 years, one year at a time, and nothing changes. This time, I'm going to do something really, really different to create these relationships, not only with realtors, but with everyone you're working with, you know, so that they are excited to take the reins and think about me, have their antennas up and be thinking about me on a daily basis instead of me doing all the thinking and they're forgetting about me. So that's a very loaded question. And I know it's about your philosophical approach or your philosophy on it. So go. Okay, well, great, great question. It's a very large, wide question. I want, let me start with this. I want to start with a coaching call that I had today's, it was yesterday, it was yesterday morning. And this is someone I've known for many, many years. And, you know, we talk about patterns and one of my areas of expertise is that I recognize patterns of behavior very quickly. And you know, one of the patterns that exists in the mortgage industry and in many industries, but, I, you know, mortgage and real estate is my specialty. We're industries that just never learn from our mistakes. We do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And so I'm on the phone and anybody who knows me, they know I'm a straight shooter. So I'm on, I'm not on the phone, I'm on Zoom with a client because I do my coaching this way. And we were talking about next year. And he said, and he's been in the business a long time. And he said, he goes, yeah, you know, he goes, you know, I think next year is going to be better. You know, I'm sure refis are going to pick up. And I said, stop right there. I go, stop right there. And I, said, I didn't say it quite that nice. And he's like, what? And I go, did you hear what you just said? He goes, what do you mean? I go, about refis. He goes, yeah. I said, so in other words, you're putting the future of your business and growth of your business in the hands of the market, not yourself. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And he, and he just kind of looked at me. And what's interesting is what I've, when every November, beginning of December, I do a business plan workshop every year. I've been doing this for as long as I can remember. And when I did my most recent one this year, I said, well, we're going to approach this a little bit differently this year. I said, nobody knows what 2024 is going to bring. I said, but I'm going to ask you a question. And I'm asking this to the audience. I said, I want you to write down for your own sake. This is all virtual. I want you to write down 
one thing that you know you should have done or done more of in 2023 that would have guaranteed you 20% more business mm -hmm. in 2023? Forget about 2024. One thing that would have guaranteed you one action, if you had just done more of this or improved your skills on it, would have guaranteed 20%. Everybody's got it. I said, then I want you to write down now one action that you thought about taking, you know you should have taken, but you didn't, that would have increased your business 20%. I go right there. If you do those two things in 2024, you're guaranteed a 40% increase if the market doesn't move. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I'm watching people because I see them and they're like, you know, you see the light bulbs going off. This is it really that simple. And the answer is, yeah, it really is that simple. Everybody's starting to focus on the market changing. And they're putting, you know, they're doing the prayer method that I hope the market gets better. And yeah. it probably will. Yeah. But here's the other danger, danger zone. When we, as an industry, you know, we're rocking and rolling in 2020, people were doing more business than they ever done in their entire careers in a period of two years. Mm -hmm. Things came crashing down. This is another pattern of perspective. Things came crashing down. And now people are surviving on one loan a month, two loans a month, three loans a month. Now, all of a sudden, they get to five loans a month because the market hands it to them. What are they going to do? What's the pattern of behavior? They're going to take their foot off the gas. And sit behind And they're going to think like, wow, I just kind of won lotto because yeah. I can breathe again because I got five loans instead of three. And, they're, and, and the whole business growth mindset goes right out the window except for top producers. Yeah. And it's the same analogy. And this was the lecture I gave my client, but it's not the first time I've had to say this to people. Oh, yeah. yeah. And but I go to here's the same thing. Almost everybody who's on this podcast or anywhere, at some point in their life, they've went on some kind of diet. So we go on a diet. Why do we go on a diet? We go on a diet because we're not happy where we are. We're not happy how we look. We're not how we, happy how we feel. Our clothes don't fit right anymore. So we go on this crash diet. So the parallel in the mortgage industry is that we got crushed with volume. We got crushed with interest rates. We're not happy. Things came not way down. Right. So, so all of a sudden I got a prospect. Mm -hmm. So the diet and the prospecting are the knee-jerk reactions to a situation. Yeah. Well, in a diet, what happens after you lose a couple of pounds of water weight in day in two days? Right, you get a lack of days ago. You're like, yeah, I'm losing. I feel better. Yeah, the pressure's off. I no longer, you know, I'm not struggling to breathe now because my pants are too tight. Right. Well, what happens when you get one or two more loans? The pressure to build and develop relationships, which is why the individuals, if you're happy with that, great. But if you really look at the industry. There's becoming a bigger separation between top producers and everybody else. There's nothing in between. Yeah, there's just nothing there. Yeah. It, the in-between is disappearing, and it's mm -hmm. disappearing because of this pattern that I just described. Yeah. It's oh, because yeah. top producers never take their foot off the gas. Yeah. It's and interesting. It's interesting. That, yeah, and, and I love it. I love your analogy. I think your analogy is spot on. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's habitual, and that's why I said the 10-1. Right. It's that reset, yep. but we hate that we, you know, we love the end of the year. We're like, end of the year. And then on the on January 1st, we're like, oh, here we go again. You know, and I'm just gonna and I've heard people say, 
Um, you know, and, and Grant Cardone says this too, that people quit, they quit on money. He, his context is a little different than what I'm going to be sharing now, but but people quit on money. And what happens is, is if you have a hundred, you want to do close a hundred loans, you know, or, or close on a hundred properties this year and you get to 60 by June, you're like, you know, the, the mentality is, well, I only have 40 more to go to hit my goal. Rather than saying, well, if I got 60 in the first six months, couldn't I get 70 or 80 in the second six months and blow my, my goal away, right? And, and so this patterning, you know, I think is very, very uh, interesting to see. And it'll be interesting to see if, you know, new blood that comes into the industry over the next couple of years adopts the same thing. And, and I talked about this has been handed around from generation to generation. And I'm curious to see if this will be adopted or if the the personality traits of younger, you know, individuals looks at this and goes, you guys got to be kidding me. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. This is how you do business, right? Uh, yeah, well, I think the irony of it. I was just going to say the irony of it is, is the new blood's going to come in and they're going to look at this is how you do business. And then some of them are going to leave because uh -huh. they're going to think this is how business has to be done because a good portion of them are not going to say, well, this is how you do business. I'm going to do it my, this hard. way. Yeah. yeah, They're going to just say, well, I don't like this. And then they go out. Right. And or or they'll adopt it and then suffer and struggle and this, that, and the other, you know, and that's what's so sad. Um, so, yeah, so I think we need to, you know, in, in lack of it, because I know we don't want knee jerk reactions, but we do need to take action as quickly as possible to create better patterns for this. It's funny that you and I were talking about patterns in the green room, right, about CPCC, right, clues, patterns, conversations and choices. So that let's lead that into the patterns that people utilize to get business from I'll say realtors and everyone knows on this podcast, you know, I, I love realtors, but, um, 22 people is how I created a hundred million dollar business. I had a database, but I only focused on 22 and of that four were realtors. Um, okay. and, uh, because you know, it, and so I like realtors to a certain extent, right? I love helping mm -hmm. realtors, but, um, I hear this from loan officers, you know, all the time is realtor, realtor, you know, I want to get more realtor relations. I want to talk to realtors. I was talking to realtors. How do I get realtor relationships? And I think that that's important, um, but I don't think it's the only thing. So, you know, let's talk about a pattern here. Why? Why is it that the focus is so much on just realtors begging and pleading from people that do not one a month, but maybe once one a quarter? right now, one deal a quarter, one every six months. And we're, we're waiting for them to hand us business in a commodity and atmosphere. So talk to us about that and how we can change that pattern for people as well. At least, you know, your perspective on that. Well, the answer to the first part is the reason why everybody's so focused on realtors is because 87% of all real estate transactions go through realtors. Yeah. Okay. Either on a buy side or listing side. And, you know, there's a lot of companies out there, especially, you know, this is the, what the lead gen companies won't tell you, mm -hmm. you know, they say, or there's a lot of voice out there about, or a lot, a lot of sound out there about, you know, you've got to get to the borrower before the realtor. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And they say, you know, 90, I think the statistic, I'm not a big stats guy, but 92 or 93% of all buyers start their home search on online. And that's the, that, right. that's the thing that the lead companies are always screaming from the mountaintop. Yeah. 93% of all buyers are starting their home purchase search online. So you have what they don't there. tell you. Yeah. But here's what they don't tell you. And they never will. Right. Realtors from my own rough viewing of this represent over 90% of all leads that are generated online. Mm-hmm. Because the first place people are going is looking at real estate websites, looking at houses. So yeah. that's where they're going first. So trying to say, oh, I'm going to get there before the realtor is a very difficult challenge. Mm-hmm. So the realtors are already there. That's their bread and butter. They've got to put it out there. They're putting it out on the MLS and what in Zillow and wherever else it is. So it's already online. And that's where people are starting. They're yeah. not starting with the mortgage financing part. So the lead gen companies will never tell you this. They're just going to say, 90, you know, we all know how you can massage statistics there and they're going to massage it in their favor right. to get you to pay money for leads. Again, I'm not bashing lead generation companies. It's not a model that I particularly love. And we know trigger leads is, a good, is about is probably going to die this year because uh, of, of the new legislation that's being put right. forth. And it seems like Congress actually might agree on something. And that would be to ban trigger leads right. or right. Ban, ban the bulk of it. So realtors for purchase business, which is primarily where we are right now, that's why realtors is a big focus. But when rates come down, you're going to see a lot more business that can come from attorneys, estate attorneys, divorce attorneys. By the way, divorce attorneys are always there, okay? Because people are always getting divorced. Yeah, they're not sitting around and waiting for the rates to drop. Right. Rates have nothing to do with divorce. Money problems have everything to do with divorce. Right. Um, so we have that. You have financial planners. You have accountants. You just have spheres, business owners. Mm-hmm. The problem is, as a coach, what I see all the time, as it is, most people don't even know how to develop agent relationships. And I'm going to share the two keys to developing relationships with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's a realtor, attorney, accountant, financial plan, I don't care who it is. If it's a referral Amen. partner, there are two keys. And I'll, and I'll give that in a second. Yeah. But I'm not doing a teaser. I'm just finishing the other thought. Yeah, no, I know. And that is <laughs> that most people, this is the way I sum it up. And, you know, I, I do this visually. So I, I always say, imagine a triangle, a triad. Mm-hmm. To be successful in this triad, You have to master marketing, which is the foundation. That's the bottom. Then you go up the left side. You have to master selling, which is getting knowing how to get people to say yes. Mm -hmm. And then the third side of the triad over here is the mortgage business, and it's everything else. Right, delivery. And I ask a simple question. The delivery. I ask a simple question. In a seminar, I go looking at marketing, selling, and the mortgage business. I go, which side of this triad gets more focused than the other two combined? The The mortgage mortgage business. business. Mm-hmm. What good is knowing the mortgage business if you don't know how marketing, if you can't get anybody to talk to? Yeah. And then if you get people to talk to, but you can't get them to say yes, what good is knowing the mortgage industry? Right. And if you can get them and to say like, yes oh. and you don't have systems, right? You don't have systems in place to fulfill in a manner, then right. marketing was all for naught. Right. So yeah. 
you you need all the pieces. But when everybody's focusing on the mortgage business and very little, and here's the funny thing, they focus on the mortgage business, number one, marketing is number two, which is getting attention, getting eyeballs. And most yeah. people are looking Social for the media. silver bullet solution for that. Yeah. And there's almost, one of the reasons why I remain super busy on the sales training side, if he's, Jen, there's almost nobody in our industry even teaching it. I know. I know it's crazy. And and so let me ask you this. So where did your sales skills come from? Because I know I, you know, the company I worked for when I first got in the business, you know, well, I was an underwriter <laughs> for a long time. But when I first started selling, you know, the company I worked for, I mean, it was hardcore sales. I mean, they, they would go out in the field with you and we'd sit in the car and they go, okay, here's what you said wrong. Here's what you did right. Let's try it again. We would do phone calls and they would do them in front of us, right? We'd have sales presentations. They'd say, stop, do this. I mean, hardcore sales training. Where did yours come from? Because I think that has a play in this. For me, it was self-taught. Okay. It was self-taught by reading, going to books, reading books, um, going to seminars, cassettes, yeah. There was a gentleman, I'll never know his name. Um, it happened, though, a very long time ago. I was at a mortgage company, and they can't, it was it was a Tony, this was, uh, I'm a huge Tony Robbins guy, mm -hmm. and I've been going on and off to his programs for over 30 years. Yeah. And it was a long, long time ago. And I was kind of, I, w I didn't know, I wouldn't accept that I didn't know what I was doing when it came to selling. <laughs> and this guy changed my life. Wow. And I wish I could thank him for it. And right. this guy changed my life before Tony helped me and everybody else that are my, you know, you <laughs> see there's a bookshelf back there and yeah. that's just a fraction of all the material I have. Right. And I was struggling, but don't want to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. And a guy comes in to sell a Tony Robbins one day seminar at the, um, I don't even know what it was called, not Madison Square Garden, but it was the theater underneath that had like 5,000 seats in New York. And it was back when Tony taught a program, which hasn't taught in over 20 years. It's called Strategic Influence. It was a one-day sales training program. And I'm struggling financially at this point. And the guy comes up, you know, he's going around the room and people are buying tickets, whatever. And he comes to me, he goes, you're going to buy a ticket? And I go, no, I can't afford it. I think it was like $279 or something. And he goes, I understand. He goes, do you mind if I ask you a question? I go, sure. He goes, what do you, he goes, you're in sales for a living, right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, and you're telling him you can't go to a sales seminar because you don't have the money to pay for it. I go, yeah. He goes, if you're in sales and you don't have the money to go to a sales seminar, isn't that why you need to go to a sales seminar? Yeah. And I literally looked at him, reached into my wallet, handed him my credit card. And you know what? best gift I ever got. Because from that day forward, I have been on a quest. To this day, I still read books, I still go to seminars, I still, you know, listen to audio programs on sales, marketing and personal growth and, and psychology. Yeah. And that was the quest where I became self taught. And the majority, the truth of the matter is, the majority I've learned about sales and marketing did not come from the mortgage industry. It came from outside, and which is why there's a lot of great people in there. Or I won't even say a lot. There are a few great people in the mortgage industry like yourself that are you know, really espousing what I consider very valuable ideas, very good ideas. Um, there are unfortunately some people that their ideas are really um, not things that I, that I care to 
um, advocate for. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I feel they're building, you know, I don't, I don't teach anybody to beg for business. Mm-hmm. And then I came, and if I can go full circle, remember I said that there are two things that if you really yeah. want to build your business, yeah. these are the two keys. Yeah. If you want to build your business, I don't care who the referral partners are. If you want to build your business, do one of two things. Figure out what their problem is and how you're going to solve it or find out what opportunity you can create for them. Yeah. You solve people's problems, you create opportunities, people will do business with you. Is it that simple? It really is. Find the pain points. The example of back in 23, when we went through the period of time where buyers were sitting on the fence because interest rates were too high. What was the problem they had? They didn't know how to get their fence sitters off the fence. Yeah. So I taught my clients, teach them how to get the fence sitters off the fence. So I taught my clients, this is how you get the fence sitters off the fence. They would teach it to their realtors. And guess what? The realtors would get more business. My clients would get more business. They solved the problem. Yeah. Yeah. What were most other LOs doing? Commiserating and bitching that nobody wanted to buy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I mean, we hear this all the time. Like there's, there's no inventory. There's tons of houses out there. Be the straw that stirs the market. Be the one who's cultivating that and coming up with ideas on how to stir up the market. You know, it was interesting. You said the fence sitting reminds me of um, um, Brian Buffini, right? He says, uh, you know, if you sit on the fence, you're going to get splinters with your clients. And that's exactly (laughs) the sooner, you know, if you don't want to work with me or you're not ready to make the decision, fine. Next, who else do you know? just get off the fence. Don't be up there wavering back and forth. Let us know, you know, which way, but yeah, I love, I love that. And we're going to dive deeper into that um, here in just a second, but I I love that you're talking about, you know, that sales piece. And it's so important to put yourself out there, you know, from sales. Like for example, I teach a um, a presentation class. It's a um, power presentation intensive and we do NLP and we do, you know, speaking and, uh, hooks and you know words and and how to put your presentation together, all of those pieces into a one day a class that's a hundred and I'm not pitching it. I'm just saying because I'm not doing it right now, but <laughs> I'm not pitching it. Hundred and twenty five dollar class for one day. Oh, I don't know if I want to go and 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 let other people see how I sell. What if I what if my panties get in a wad and I say the wrong thing and I'm afraid to sell in a group and you know because I make people sell pens, I make people sell anything I pick up, sell it right. And so it's that fear of failure that keeps people from really blossoming and having more opportunities, you know, behind that. And I think even for you, you may have used, you know, the excuse of, Hey, I don't really have the money, which you had the money. (laughs) You definitely had the money. I did. Right. It could have been an underlying fear of, I don't want to go to a sales thing because, and like you said, in the beginning, there was nothing that was going to make you think that your sales wasn't good. And, you know, so if we can just be humble to say, you know what, I need help in this arena. I Look, I'm working with a coach right now. You know, I've got four coaches. I, I'm working with a coach right now about my sales from stage, not my, not my one-to-one, but my sales from stage, because I know I have a deficiency there. And it's okay to admit that, because it means that I'm going to be better than the next guy down the road who's not doing it you know, or gal who's not learning that method. So, you know, our message to those that are listening is you've got, you've got to level up. You know, I've been saying a lot, and I think I said this on your show as well, is you have to be ready for when the when happens. 
And when the when Mm -hmm. happens, if you're not prepared, all those opportunities are going to scooch right by you and go to someone else who is prepared. Thoughts? Oh, I really don't have to add anything to that because you nailed it all. (laughs) Well, you you nail it all too. You're great too. Uh, Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. Okay, so let's talk about these relationships a little bit more. I just wanted to make one comment though to what you said. Go ahead. If anybody thinks that they're going to learn and grow without making a mistake, they're crazy. Yeah. And that's what gets that's in the you. way of people. What they like, I don't want to, and that was my thing. I didn't want to spend money because I wasn't confident in myself that I would take action. And that's what yeah. the biggest barrier to people investing in themselves. It's not the money. Yeah. It's the belief in the self, in themselves. Will this work for me? Yeah. And the truth of the matter is if you just give yourself to whatever the process, look, you you don't have to love your coach, but you got to like your coach. You've got to understand what their philosophy is before you hire them Mm -hmm. and then see if that's adaptable to you. Because not every coach is right for every person. Yeah, Everybody's got a different personality and a different way of doing things. So you want the person who aligns with your way, you want the person who aligns with your character. Yeah. Because when the person aligns with your character, then when they teach you the skills, you have no problem with that. Not no problem, little challenge to adapt them because you're already in emotional alignment. Yeah, yeah. But because somebody did That's something true. and it didn't work, they're in their head, they're like, oh, this didn't work. So it doesn't work. Paint so it with, they were with the yeah, same they brush. Were bad. They were bad, yeah. Yeah, I have a client who just, you know, they're a shiny object person. And every coaching call, it's a new thing. It's not a, it's not a roadmap. It's not a path. It's not digging in. I, I, you know, I call it the four stages of growth, right? Formulation, concentration, momentum, and stability. It's, it's not even formulation. It's just momentum, 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 momentum. Here's the, here's the new thing. Here's the new thing. And we know how that affected everyone through COVID, right? We were in whatever stage we were in and all of a sudden everyone was thrust into momentum. And then when the momentum went away, what happened? Everybody went down. (gasps) What do I do? Right? Because there's no quick fix for this. You have to go through formulation concentration to get to momentum. You just have to, whether it's in your sales, whether it's in your marketing, as you're talking about, whether it's knowing the mortgage business, heck, we're, we're about ready to be experiencing um, blended interest rates for refinances. And so many people have never had to do that. In 20 years, we haven't had to do that. How many people are not prepared to talk about blended interest rates to know whether or not you should refinance and take your cash out? You know, it's it's in everything, every single thing that you do. But yeah, she's she's just all shiny object, shiny object, shiny object. And and it's always just a twist and turn. And I said, you know, look, this this is not working. And it's not going to work for you. And it's not working for me because I don't know what I'm going to be happening. What's going to happen? I don't know what what I'm supposed to be coaching you on next week, right? Um, and so we need to make it, you know, make a decision. So she's finally calmed down, but it's always, but she always does that. She'll bring it in and go, I saw this app and blah, blah. And I go, hold on. Do you really want to talk about the app or do you really want to talk about something else? <laughs> Should we be moving mm-hmm. forward, right? Um, so I think that, you know, all this that we're talking about is very interesting. And I would just encourage, you know, the per- for the person who's listening here is, You've got to get a mentor. You truly do. Um, you have to have a mentor or a coach. You know, I, I discern the difference, but um, you either need a mentor or you need a coach to help you along because none of us can do it alone. I know for a fact that Tony Robbins has a coach because his coach is one of my coaches. And every time Tony calls, I get 
pushed aside, <laughs> but I'm okay with that. Um, and I have another coach who is coaching Richard Dreyfus, and I get pushed aside whenever Richard calls. Right. So, um, you know, there are, there, there are investments that need to be made. Everybody needs someone to be able to turn to who can look from the outside because we can't see our own ears. We just can't see them. And we can try, I can try to look at them, but I, I can't see my own ears. So, um, but I want to talk, I want to talk a little bit more about relationships and especially about the problem to solve. You know, my, my way of saying this is I have this pill. What's your ailment? Will this pill work? Will this pill work? Right. It doesn't work for everybody. And we need right. to be, we need to be looking at that, you know, kind of a fatal flaw on LinkedIn. As soon as I say connect with someone and I get an Insta, oh, I've been looking at your website. I listened to your podcast. No, you didn't. Oh, I said connect. Boy. And I immediately disconnect because that's malpractice. So what is it that, let's speak to both realtor and loan officer that that you're seeing um, or that you share with people in this problem solving instead of showing up and throwing up on product, <laughs> right? And right. company, product company, product company instead of me solution. What are, what are some of the tactics or, or maybe there's a script or maybe there's a question you ask that helps people with solving that problem? Because I know as a loan officer, um, it's hard to ask a realtor, right? For them, it's hard to ask to say, hey, what's your problem? <laughs> and the realtor will give them a false thing anyway, if they even ask the question. And even realtors, they're not really asking what the problem is that clients have and why they're needing to move. So do you have a strategy for them? I do. I mean, I'm giving a small piece of a much bigger presentation, but the first step in what I call the ultimate, and I'll call it the ultimate agent presentation. You could be ultimate agent, could be the ultimate attorney. It doesn't matter. But since most people are focused on agents, let's, let's talk about that for a second. So the first thing, in order to get an appointment, you have to have an attention getter. So Hi, Jen. My name is Ron Vanberg from ABC Mortgage. The reason I'm calling is blank. So that blank could be a number of things. Let's, let's say I have a killer or I offer um, construction or lot loans. I'm just making this real simple. I know right now we've got three quarters of the audience saying, well, I don't offer lot loans. Don't get caught up in the product. Get caught up in the concept. So I, I call up and say, hi, Jen. My name is Ron Vanberg from ABC Mortgage. The reason I'm calling is because I noticed that you had this listing on 123 plot A and it's been there for 45 days. And I'm calling because I have a unique way in helping agents that have listings that are not selling on lots to make them more marketable. Would you be available? And then we go into, so I get your attention. It's it, it's what I call the doorbuster. Yeah. And there's all different doorbusters. I could say, I noticed you've got an open house happening on such and such. Do you ever work with a loan officer that helps you get more exposure every time you do an open house? It gets you more listings, gets you more buyers. There's all different ways to get people's attention. And then this is what happens when I would get in that meeting with you. So we get in the meeting. Hi, Jen. I'm glad we could both make time to meet, whatever, whatever, get through the pleasantries. And then I say this. So guys, if you listen to nothing that Jen and I have said this whole time, just listen to this one piece. I'd say, you know, after we go through the pledge, I say, Jen, before we get started, I'd like to be able to ask you a question. This is a question that I ask. So I say, before we get started, 
I'd like to be, this is a question I ask every real estate agent I ever meet with and I get all different answers and I'd be very curious to hear what your answers are. Would that be okay? The answer is always yes. They say, I say, please do not name names. Do not throw, don't name a loan officer. Don't name a lender. Do not throw anybody under the bus, which by the way, timeout, what that does is it lowers their guard that they don't have to protect anybody. And then I say, when dealing with lenders and loan officers, remember, no names. Mm-hmm. What are the things that frustrate you the most? Yeah. Jen, there you answer that problems. question to me. You just told me, you just rolled out the red carpet telling me what I have to do to win your business. Yeah. Because here's the really cool part. I can actually change the question. And I could say, whether it's someone that you work with or when a borrower goes elsewhere for financing, what are the things that frustrate you the most? And I call that a ninja strategy because the ninja strategy is not ninja selling, a ninja strategy. The ninja strategy is because of how I worded the question, you just included your loan officer in the problem without realizing it. Yes. Yeah. As I said, whether it's the, and it, it, the key to everything that I teach is psychology exists. Behavior exists, patterns exist. We deal with this every single day. I'm just really good at figuring out what are the patterns everybody's doing and how to take advantage of them. Yeah. And I know that I've got to find your problem. If you tell me your problem and I solve it, we're going to do business. And I don't, I don't have to try and figure out what you need. You're going to tell me what you need. And then I plug in my solutions, which is why when I'm selling, I don't talk much. When I'm teaching, I have to talk. When you're teaching, you have to talk. But when we're selling, if you just ask the right questions, you don't have to really talk a whole lot. And that reduces everybody's nervousness. Yeah. Because one of the patterns is when people get nervous, what do they do? They start talking. Look at both and of us. You're talking, we both did little duck We, duck we both did the same thing. We know it. <laughs> we know at it. At the same time, right? Well, and so, that's the throw, show up and throw up. And I think that, you know, that's what ends up happening is you come in and you say, well, thanks so much for meeting with me. I want to tell you about my products. I want to tell you about my company. And there's nothing about yourself. And especially when we yep. look at no like, and trust for business, they know what we do. We have a title. Mm-hmm. You know what I do. You might like me and that's great. However, getting to trust and handing over my commission, handing over my reputation, handing over my livelihood to you is because I don't know who you are. I know what you do, mm-hmm. but I don't know who you are because all you've mm-hmm. done is come at me. And if you look at it, for those of you who are listening and not watching, you want to go to YouTube and watch this part, but when you come into that meeting, it's like you're, you know, this is you going, you know, at somebody. And when you start asking neutralizing questions, it brings it to an adult conversation so that you can actually solve problems. And in fact, it might even lean this way because now they want so much to work with you that they're asking you questions. And now you can decide if you want to work with them because it isn't a yes or no. It isn't either they want to work with you or not. There's a third element and that is, do I want to work with them? That's why I'm meeting them. One of my favorite phrases, and I tell this to everybody when I do an intro, see, nobody can sign up for coaching. I don't have, you can't sign up for coaching with me. You have to have an, you have to have a, a, I don't want to say an interview, a conversation. Right, right. I want to find out what you're about. You've got to find out what I'm about if you don't know me. And we got to find out if we're a good fit and that I can help you. 
So it's a, it's a two issue. It's really, we both have to make the decision, but I have a very simple, you know, I'm sitting here talking to you. My calendar is right up here. And I always do, I'm very visual. And I say, I never want to look at my calendar and say, oh crap, I have to talk to this person because I have a very simple philosophy. <laughs> Life is too short to work with people you can work in with. Yeah. And I had an ex-client of mine in Manhattan. I can't say, I won't say his name. I don't wish evil on too many people. He's one I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, this guy was just the most miserable human being I ever had the displeasure of being hired by. And I, after that, I said, I would never, I had chest pains working at his company. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, said, I, I had clients ever. like that too. That's because you're an empath. I mean, and that, and that is part of it. You know, I've gotten off a phone call and thrown up. And my husband said, that's enough. Who is that person? Because, you know, he's Italian. He wants to go kill him. <laughs> I've never him. done that, but. Yeah. Oh, no, because I'm I'm big empath. So, um, and I threw up and I was like, I can't, I can't do that anymore. And so we had to have a come to Jen meeting, you know, to decide whether or not we were going to continue to work together. And, you know, there were some really tough words that were used by, by both of us, you know, to be able to get through it. And now she's been with me for four years and I can handle phone calls with her. And I don't think that, and, but you're right. You know, my philosophy is work with people that compliment and not complicate. And it's just that easy. You complicate me, my life, that. my world, my yep. business, my family. Nope. Next. Um, so I'm just like you. I, I mean, you can't go by my, I get that all the time. And I'm sure you do too. It's like, I don't see your programs. Nope. You won't. <laughs> because I, I customize everything for everybody, right? I love that. So those questions are are fantastic. I absolutely love those questions. And, you know, for those of you that listen at one and a half, just slow the speed down to a half and go ahead and go back in. And then you can listen to the question again and write it down. And, uh, you know, right. then you're in a position where you can solve the problem. Um, so, so I want to ask you about solving the problem. I know how I do it. But I want to ask you what your situation okay. is with the problem. So if someone said to me, uh, you know, if you asked that question, you said one of the frustrations um, is let's not make it mortgage specific. Let's let's say one of the questions is, um, you know, I need more leads. That's what's frustrating me. And I don't get business mm -hmm. from my referral partners or I need more leads. Let's just use that as an example. Um, how, what is your typical response to continue um I call it the dot, dot, dot method. A lot of times people said, I had a one-to-one -one done, period. I'm thinking, and then what, what do I do? And how long, and then what can I do? And, and how can I share with them? And what else could I send to them? And how, when can I meet them again? And, you know, I'm looking at the dot, dot, dot method. So when you're meeting with someone and they have uh, revealed what their challenges are, and you know, you can solve it, Johnny, on the spot, what is your strategy for doing that? in terms of looking at how you can continue to uh, manifest this relationship over a long period of time? Well, depending upon what the problem is that they revealed to me, I will say, well, this is, you know, after we've developed that connection, everything else, I would say to them, well, this is how I would so help you solve it. This is what we could do together. Not giving them every nuance of detail, I give them the concept, G give them the solution and then you, if they buy the solution, then you get into the how. Yeah. But if they're not buying the solution, I'm not going to get into how I'm going to solve it. And then once we get into the solution and I'm reading how they respond to that solution, then I say, okay. And I have a very simple rule about meetings. You never leave a meeting without your next step in place. Your next, Absolutely. in your words, your next uh, dot in dot. place. Mm -hmm. yeah. So 
So if I don't have, you never leave a meeting. I can't tell you how many originators leave money on the table because they leave a meeting and they say, people always say to me, oh, I had a great meeting. I said, really? I go, what'd you talk about? Whatever, whatever. Oh, we got really along or whatever. I'm like, okay, how did the meeting? And I just jumped to the end. I go, how did the meeting end? Well, we, you know, we really got along. I go, no, no. How did the meeting end? What's your next step? Oh, no, they're going to give me business. I promise. A high five. Right. <laughs> I go, what's your next meeting about? And they're like, well, I'm going to follow up with them. Did you tell them you're going to follow up with them? Yeah. Did you tell them why you're going to follow up with them? And they're like, well, no. I go, then what's going to happen is you're going to go back to your office figuratively and you're going to sit there and say, well, if I follow, if I follow up too soon, they're going to think I'm desperate. If I don't follow up, they're going to forget about me. <laughs> right. And, right. And then you get stuck in this place. And then you're shaking. But you're shaking your boots. Oh, I want to call it. Right. So, you know, everything that you're saying is just fantastic and, and so in alignment with me. And this is why you and I could talk, you know, absolutely <laughs> forever. Yes. I call those meetings one and done. You know what? Instead of one and done, go to one and one and another one and one mm -hmm. and another one to one mm -hmm. and, you know, solve the problem. So, you know, I love it. I love exactly what you're saying. Um, so if uh, Ron, if someone wants to connect with you, what is the best way for them to connect with you? And I also know that, well, before I say that you have a, a, um, a gift for everyone who's listening as well. And we'll put the link, we'll be sure to put the link in the, in the show notes, the uh, 2024 originator breakthrough business blueprint. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Gift. The originator business blueprint is not really a business plan. What it is, it's a series of questions that you're going to answer about your business. And by answering these questions, you're going to really have a clear a picture of your business that you probably don't have right now. You're going to see where opportunities are. You're going to recognize where deficiencies are. And if you do it and you play full out and, and really give your, give yourself to answering the questions, you're going to know honestly what you need to be working on specifically to grow your business. And you're going to really have a clear idea on where you're, where you're, where you can grow. And then you plug that into your action strategies of your business plan. Yeah. So the blueprint is just really kind of giving you to how to dissect your business and be honest with yourself. And if you answer, you know, with one or two word answers, don't even bother doing it because you're wasting your time. Yeah. You've got to really Thanks. see what comes out of your head. And some of you are going to write things. You're going to be like, holy crap, where did that come from? <laughs> and you're going to realize that there are other things going on that you didn't yeah. Recognize. And sometimes putting so, it down and, and going back to it the next day or a couple hours later, you'll, you know, think of new things too. And I would encourage you to do that. So we'll have that link yeah. um, available for you. Can, can a loan officer give that to a real estate agent? Is it, is it uh, generic enough that you could twist it for them as well? Okay, good. Absolutely. So that would be something great. If you're, if you're planning on doing business planning classes or, you know, webinar or something like that with your realtors, if you're going to sit down with them personally and, and find out what their goals are and share your goals and see how you can work together and, and complement one another, yep. um, you know, it's something that you could use uh, as well. So, and then of course we have your, your links, um, you know, your contact links, et cetera, if someone is interested in talking to you about speaking at an event or uh, perhaps coaching with you as well. So, you know, sure. and, I, and I love this because I realized that the people that are listening, we've got a little over 45,000 listeners and we, wow. we don't know 
who's going to be my personality, who's going to be your personality. So this is a perfect example of not competition, but collaboration and the importance that you need to have this in your business. And I've shared that for the last 12 years on this 12 years, January 1st, a couple of days from now, for the wow. last 12 years Amazing. on this podcast is, you know, not to be in competition with everybody around you, but do some collaboration. You never know what that's going to bring for you. So uh, with that, Ron, thank you so much. I can't wait for, you know, a year from now, I'll be calling you and saying, hey, we're going to do something called Beyond the Podcast, which I do live on Facebook, um, maybe live on YouTube nowadays is what I'll probably be doing. But hey. um but yeah, a year from now, it's sort of where are they now? What are you thinking today? So I can't wait to do that. But I hope I that we don't have to. a whole year before we see or talk to one another. So I thank yeah, you we so gotta make much sure for we don't. being here with me on the show very much. Thank you so and much. And thank you so much as well. This was great. Absolutely. Loved it. Absolutely. And you, thank you for listening in. And don't hang up right now. Don't say it's done right now. Be sure that you go over to YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Take a quick minute and use that thumb to scroll down and give us a great five-star rating and write something about what Ron had to say that you're going to take action on so that we know what is resonating with you. If we don't know what's resonating with you, we can't do anything about it. And don't forget that we've got lots of resources available, lots of links below in the show notes. Utilize those links and tap into our community and we will catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community, where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.